You're listening to The Weird Sisters, Harry Potter Reread, Episode 40. On today's show, we discuss Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapters 25, 26, and 27, as well as Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Hello and welcome to The Weird Sisters. I'm Danielle. And I'm Allison. And today we are live and in person. Yes. One microphone, one couch. I'm really close to your face. Yes, one pair of notes. (laughs) And so, if you hear the dog breathing, we're sorry. It's a little ambiance, a little background. Uh, But we have actually a lot to talk about today. Well, yeah, they were, I mean, last week was pretty heavy, and this is probably even more dense. Yes, there's lots to get to, and we got to talk about the movie. Right. Okay. Oh, boy. Let's get started. Okay, so... We last time we discussed that these chapter titles were very confusing. We had no idea it was happening. Well, and I was reading show, I was like, man, did we forget all of this? Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. So we begin at the Beetle at the Bay, which we did theorize had something to do with Rita. And his date. Yes. But we we totally forgot this hugely important piece. Yes. Well, whatever. We remember now. So we start with delivering the daily profit. Yeah, which is not great news necessarily yeah there's been the breakout of azkaban so you were right dot or probably you were thinking that creature had something to do oh i i guess we don't know that for sure yet but i i I laughed as soon as i read this first page because we had this discussion at the end of last podcast well what's the what's the thing that made him happiest in 14 years and we had to do was read the next page and all we had to do is literally move our eyeballs over to the next page <laughs> i think i even started reading it i think to our credit we did that was one of our theories that it might have been azkaban yeah so they all broke out yes all the death eaters yeah and and in particular we note anton dolovov or however you say that who killed gideon and fabian pruitt that's uh, Molly's family? About Molly's brothers. Okay. So, it, like, she puts this little detail in it, but I don't think Molly, we ever get Molly reacting to that. Well, when do we even learn that they died? Did we already learn that? You know, I don't even know if it's if it's in the books proper or if that's something I picked up from somewhere else. It's certainly not made a big deal of. No. Well, she's already afraid of everything, so... With good reason. Well, I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying we've already introduced her anxiety level. There's really nothing to add there. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, Bellatrix. Yeah, I. You know, you think of her as this character that you know, but we've just you know we've just seen her in the trial and this association with Neville. We don't really get her until the very end of this book. Yeah, you know, I was wondering, is Bellatrix's status as actually a terrifying villain in Harry Potter, is that actually at least 50% to do with the movie? I possibly. Because she is very good in her costuming and... Yeah, I mean, it's personal because of Neville, but... And she does, in the final battle, that's who Molly's fighting. Yeah, when she tortures Hermione. Oh, yeah. She might just be evil. Well, yeah. But I feel like she really sticks as, like, yes. terrifying crazy lady because of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, like, Dolores Umbridge sticks as a terrifying crazy lady all on her own in the books. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, but there's also something else in the paper that no one else is concerned about but them. Well, yeah, with the guy, the ministry guy, Bode. Which we briefly saw in St. Mungo's. Yes, he has died because a plant attacked him that was a gift. And that's not suspicious. Yes. And then they realize who this person is, or vaguely. Yeah, Harry remembers him. From this proved to be a very critical thing that Harry had his trial down in the dungeons and he went to the ministry because he said hello to Arthur mm-hmm. and he works. He's how we learn about unspeakables. Yeah. So Bo- Bode, I don't know if he said his name. Bode is his name and he's an unspeakable, which means he works in the Department of Mysteries. Yes. Okay. When rereading this, even though I was, didn't quite. I mean, I guess it was obvious, but I was like, is, was this obvious, so obvious before, you know, the plot, and it gets revealed, like, in the next chapter or something, but. What's obvious? Was it was I don't, obvious? I mean, like, it seems really obvious to Hermione and them that it's all this grand plot. Well, it's obvious that he, something fishy is going on because no one, as, well, Ron thinks, oh, who would, what idiot would accidentally send a venom, or. What is it? A, a devil's snare? Yeah. And like, no, you idiot. It wasn't an accident. <laughs> well, yeah. And then I feel kind of bad because they saw him getting delivered that plant. Yeah. Well, and they're like, well, yeah, he was just starting to talk to and then no. Yeah. Okay. And he said he was injured at work a while back. Yes. But we, we haven't heard about this injury incident. Right. We, we do in the next chapter. Okay. We but do we, did, we don't, soon. we don't know now at this point about his injury. Like, how that happened or... No. Okay. So, but that, yeah, that will come back into play. Okay, things continue to suck because Hagrid's on probation, of course. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's also, I guess it gets around about the Death Eaters, but this is when Harry's kind of, like, reminded to that this is a terrible world that's not getting better and shouldn't we all be afraid and there are more important things than school and nonsense sure and i mean he's kind of right well yes (laughs) surely owls seem trite not just because he doesn't want to take them yeah well and the the what's published in the paper is that they're they're all rallying around Sirius black and he's the one that must have got them all out Mm -hmm. which is just silly and not everyone is actually satisfied with yes which we're going to get to shortly but other students are beginning to say maybe Harry's not as <laughs> such a loony yeah um well and there is a little line about how okay the death eaters who escaped like the people who were related to mm-hmm. people that they killed are now getting all this attention at school yeah i think susan bone says now i know what it feels like to be harry potter okay so susan bone we get a line about well, susan bones dealing with it but we don't get a line about neville no, we did. It was all about him and DA, like, because DA's the new font, like, the only thing worth being there for. And he doesn't really, he never has said anything still, but now all of a sudden he's super focused and this renewed vigor. Yeah, I guess we do see how it affects him, but I'm saying we don't see other students being like, wait, Neville's parents were tortured oh, by a follower oh. of Lord Voldemort? Yeah, Which you presume s- is happening. They s- yeah. His secret is out. 
everyone has read that. Did it say that explicitly? Yes. It said Belichick Lestrange, who was imprisoned for tor- torturing Frank and Alice Longbottom into insanity. Well, that's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. <laughs> I just thought it was a, little, a strange little omission. Yeah. So in response to this, there was, of course, another educational decree. Oh, yes. Basically, that teachers can't talk about it either. You yeah. can only talk about your subject matter. Yeah. So <laughs> it no, seems very limiting. No theorizing about mm-hmm. what really happened. Mm-hmm. Of course, Lee Jordan decides to get smart about this. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. Yeah, because Umbridge tells them off or something. He's like, that's not your subject matter. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a fair point. But we all were upset and thinking Umbridge is horrible for the detention she gives Harry. Apparently this is just what she does to everyone. It's not a special kind of hatred for Harry. Because Lee Jordan was carving up his hand too. Yeah. And still no one's raising a stick. Yes. <laughs> These are all very stoic children. Right. Okay, like, Harry's gonna do that, but really no one else seems to bother? Yeah. You know, and there's, there's some point in here, these chapters, where Harry gets detention again. And we don't even see that anymore. It's just, like, status quo. <laughs> it's just mentioned. Another week of detention, Potter. Oh, well. Um, okay, but now it's we're coming on Valentine's Day, and we have our horribly awkward only date in Harry Potter world ever. Yes. <laughs> Oh, gosh. With Cho. Yeah. I mean, I think she does kind of a nice job portraying him and the adolescent nerves. You know, he's like, suddenly, I don't know what to do with my arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel like she is an, she's an accomplished girly girl. I feel like she should be smoother with this. Cho? She should help him. Yes. But it's Harry Potter, and she's all sad. I suppose. But her girlish pratter should, you know, help carry it along. Who says she's that girlish? We've talked about her, like her travel. She's popular. She's pretty. She's traveling in a gang. She also plays on the Quidditch team. She's tough. I'm not saying she's like a terrible person. I'm just (laughs) saying she seems to have that girl thing down. Well, she, she did kind of initiate everything, though. Yes. She needs to hold. She should know that Harry can't hold his end of the conversation. <laughs> they were doing okay until people made fun of them, and people were making out behind them. Yeah, and Harry was a jerk. Yeah. Okay. So they have the the tea at the crazy Cupid cafe, Tins or something. Yeah, something like that, where everyone else is making out. Yeah. Apparently, this is the couples retreat. <laughs> Usually, you make out in a darker corner. I feel like, but okay. <laughs> Just in the restaurant. Yeah. And initially, Harry's annoyed. He feels like this is amping up the pressure. Well, it is. <laughs> but then he wants them to go back to making out when they're fighting. <laughs> well, yes, because then they're all looking at him. So Harry, of course, in the lull in the conversation, points out that they need to go meet Hermione in the middle of the date. Yeah, which... I mean, Hermione asked, which was not the best. I guess she didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. But... Yes, then then she was all jealous of Hermione, seeing all these women after him. Mm-hmm. And Harry doesn't seem to get that. No, totally misses it till way later. Yeah. So then she points out that Roger Davies, who is 
the attractive Quidditch captain sucking face behind them. Um, it's called snogging. Okay, remember snogging behind them was. Uh, oh my! You just made me wonder. It says kissing a lot in this chapter. Does the British version say snogging? Yes, I'm, yes. Doesn't it? I didn't don't we, know. Didn't one of the books say snogging? Well, there was definitely snogging because I had to look up that word when I read it for the first time. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. I think they in the early ones they used to not change it or something. Yeah, I don't know. British but, version. But this chapter does say kissing, it not does. snogging. But I think snogging provides more ambiance. Okay, <laughs> it sounds more disgusting. I like it's so British though. I like it. Okay. Well, they were snogging and she, you know, drops, well, that attractive man who knows how to kiss asked me out and I said no. <laughs> yeah, and I'm here with you, <laughs> bum. So, not the most mature either. Yeah. Well, no. No. Yeah. And then she, she asked, did Cedric mention me? I thought that was... <laughs> that, that was... What how, is he supposed to say to that? How full of yourself are you? They were dating for like six months. Maybe. Not even. <laughs> Tell Cho. The Dark Lord. I tried to fight it. Yeah. I'm sorry, dear. But no. Yeah. So now there's crying and awkwardness. Yeah. That's not super fun. No. But, you know, they appear to just like move on with their lives. They adopted like, let's not talk about this sort of policy. When? Well, there's a scene at the DA not far later and they seem to be getting along fine, but well, there's never because, another date. But they have a reconciliation after the article. I guess, kind of. But that resolves all that awkwardness that happened? You know, what else are you going to do but pretend it didn't? I guess. I'd be avoiding them in the hallway for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we meet with Hermione. Yeah, well, after Cho runs off. After Cho runs <laughs> But we still have our meeting with Hermione to go to. Yes, who has told us nothing. We show up. Well, actually, we meet Hagrid first because we're a little early because mm-hmm. Joe ran. Mm-hmm. And Hagrid is being his usual, currently usual, strange, non-informative self. He's a bit morose. Well, yeah, and it's like, well, you know, Harry and I were orphans together, but family is everything. And yeah, we know what that's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to his credit, Hagrid usually caves right away. <laughs> That's true. He's managed to be mysterious for a yeah. very long time. It takes like about two minutes of them coming. Oh, come on, Hagrid, tell us. And then he tells them all the things he's not supposed to. Yeah. Multiple times, multiple weeks, he has kept his quiet. Good for you, Hagrid. <laughs> Even though his face is all mauled every week. Yeah, it's not important. No, nothing's going on here. Oh, uh, okay. So, but then we meet Hermione... Who has Miss Rita Skeeter herself. And Luna Lovegood. <laughs> and Luna Lovegood. Yeah. A dynamic duo. I, I don't <laughs> think that's a dynamic duo. The most you could say is they are a duo. Because there are two of them. Okay. A mere duo. Okay. And so Hermione has had this brilliant idea. Alright. I think it's a pretty brilliant and orchestrated on Hermione's part. Besides the fact that she is blackmailing Rita Skeeter. Okay. It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, Rita's trying to write all these other things. And then she's like, I don't have a choice, do I? So she's... Hermione already gave her these terms. And now she has changed the terms to be like, look, you got to do this too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so blackmail. And she has not previously 
previously asked Harry, hey, by the way, would you like to come to a bar and spill this horrible story to a newspaper reporter to be printed in this weird, crazy magazine? That's true. That was not discussed. Why does she feel the need to be so secretive? She was just all in a hurry. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I think there's Ron who says, like, I hate when she does that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, Rita's going to write the truth about what happened in June, and the Quibbler is going to publish it. Well, no one else will. Well, no. I mean, not. No one else will publish it because the ministry is leaning on the prophet. They won't allow it. Yes. So, yeah, and Rita's going to write this for no pay. Right. Really? (laughs) Yes. Um, So he spills his guts and we wait for it to come out in the quibbler mm-hmm. but it might be delayed because there's an article about crumpled snorkax or something <laughs> yes that are really interesting yes um and so then we have our next chapter seen and unseen what does the chapter title even mean are we doing aculamency yeah i guess that kind of fits i think it has to be about that i guess okay anyway And we start with Hermione basically telling Harry what an idiot he is. Yes. She has really laid it out for us all, the whole book. Yes. Like, the emotional sensibility. But this is, okay. So she asked Harry to come meet her. And then afterwards, she had to explain how he did it wrong. It's like, Hermione, did you really think Harry would have known how to do that? (laughs) Yes. She should have, you know, he should have said that it was a big pain and he really didn't want to do it. And Hermione was very ugly, did he mention? Yes. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. And, you know, the boys do recognize Hermione's great genius. Well, yeah. Don't they say, like, she should write a book or something? Yes, for all the mad things girls do, apparently. (laughs) You know, and it's still funny that Hermione has such an insight into this. Like, she doesn't... I guess she's friends with Ginny, but who other? what other ladies are she, is she friends with? I know. I, I like it as part of her character, because A, A, the trio needs it, right? Oh, yes. Like, they need it. But also, it makes her... It's something you don't expect, so it makes her more of a real person, right? Yeah. She's not just conforming to these are the rules of the smart girl. Yes. Um, okay, and then you have something written down here, which I thought was a hilarious typo, but you told me it was correct. It is correct. Okay, the note says Ron and Ginny bathe. They do. Are you? Not to get, okay, because there's all this, there's Quidditch talk in there too, which you don't care as much about because Harry's not in it. Yes. But Ron and Ginny are still on the team and the team is horrible. Mm-hmm. And Angelina and yeah. It's, I feel so bad for Angelina. <laughs> Ah, poor. And she won't let Ron quit and all of that. But so on the Hogsmeade weekend, Ron and Ginny had to stay in practice. And then when they all come back and they're debriefing, Ron and Ginny finally come back and it was cold and wet and they practiced all day and they were horrible. And then it says they all went back to the common room, but Ron and Ginny went to take a bath. Okay, I didn't (laughs) catch that line. Okay, again, not together. But I just, you know, since we seem to have an interest in oh. ordinary activities, in when else? This is the like, only time anyone's ever bathed. Besides, besides the time that Harry went with the egg, never is it mentioned 
like very occasionally does anyone go to the bathroom very very occasionally <laughs> and usually just to talk to a ghost right <laughs> But never is it like, you know, and then there's the Gryffindor boys' locker room or whatever. No. But they went and they bathed. So Ron and the prefect's bathroom, perhaps. <gasps> oh, that is nice. I, you know, I have a theory. I don't think Ron uses the prefect's bathroom because he learned about Harry and that Moaning Myrtle likes to spy on people. <laughs> and that Ron, I feel, is very shy. So he'd be paranoid and would not use the prefect bathroom. I'm just saying, I was, it was like nice to know that people bathe. Yes. Okay. That it was mentioned. Okay. I appreciated it. Well, I, I did not catch that. <laughs> very, yeah. very important detail. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're terrible at Quidditch. They lose the match. It's awful. Although Jenny does the Victor Crumb, where she catches the snitch and they lose the match. Yeah, they're only ten points behind. Or yeah, something maybe then. you should have waited for another goal, Jenny. Right. <laughs> Gosh, but then. Harry, his snot-nosed self, was kind of like, they're bad. I wish I could be on the team. Jenny was okay, but she hesitated, and I would have got the snitch earlier, and we would have won. Yeah, you think that's true, or that's just Harry thinking he's... Okay, to be fair, he gets written into the savior of every Quidditch match <laughs> heroically, so fine. But it's also just like, really? like, And you know, Jenny's good, so back off. You know, and it's interesting here... Okay, so we have to, you know, he's thinking about Jenny. Jenny's playing Quidditch. He likes Quidditch. But there is no hint of any romantic interest yeah. in his thoughts yeah. right here. They they have, like, moved into friends and they can talk now. But, yeah, it's not anything else. Yeah, she doesn't drop a single line about, hmm, that's because he's still with Cho. I, su- <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Do they ever officially break up? They were never together. Okay. That's fair. They because they didn't really talk to each other besides no. the DA. No, it's like fifth grade. <laughs> Except they're fifteen. I know. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, but finally, oh wait, we do have a, a tiny scene where Harry has a dream again, and this time the door is ajar. Oh yeah. I'm confused, and we're gonna have a similar thing mm-hmm. later. I'm confused as to what this means. It is strange because before it was seemed like we were having almost a vision of the door and now this seems to be more an emotional representation yes because before like we we were in the snake and the snake was actually there scoping out the door though i think before that we might have he was having just the door dreams and he would be there and be longing so those are probably Or, or could it have been like Voldemort was imperiousing someone who was watching the door. I don't think Voldemort himself is imperiousing anyone. Maybe not. That's that's because he'd have to be someplace to have access to those people. Yeah, and if the door was open, something would have happened. But yeah, this doesn't seem like. Or, it, I, well, it really seems like foreshadowing, right? Yeah, and it's just like, oh, like I've gotten a little bit closer. Yes. this goal yeah. that I want. And we're foreshadowing that, indeed, he is going to become much closer soon. But then the quibbler comes out. Yeah, and I don't understand how it came out the same day he got all the fan mail, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you don't know. Time zones or something. Yeah. So he gets all the fan mail about people who either think he's crazy or decide he's not crazy. Yes. It's kind of nice. Yeah, you would think Harry would get more fan mail in general. (laughs) 
that's true. But I don't know where he is. Yeah. Maybe Dumbledore stops. Maybe he does. <laughs> I like that idea. But yeah, there's like, I mean, it feels like people, more people are kind of believing him now. Yes. And of course, everyone wants to read it because Umbridge has banned it. Yes. The quibbler is not allowed. <laughs> you will be expelled. Which Hermione thinks is great. Yes. Because, I mean, you know, we're getting under her skin, and now everyone will read it. Yes, everyone has read it. And we get Seamus. Oh, I know. <laughs> he turns around. And he sends it to his mom. He sends it to his mom, yes. And even the teachers seem to be expressing enthusiasm for what Harry has done. Yeah, and being very generous to <laughs> Yes. Like, oh, I, my favorite part, though, was that Trelawney... Broke down in oh, tears yes. and declared that Harry would not die a horrible life death after all. <laughs> after all those years of predicting his demise. Okay, but speaking of dreams, then we get to a dream that doesn't seem to be a dream. Oh, no, that's he's legit Voldemort then. <laughs> okay. Yes, he, he sees himself as being Voldemort. Yeah, he's in his head. He's in some sort of creepy place. Naturally. Oh. Voldemort hates flowers and sunshine. <laughs> He has such pale skin. Yes. So. And we basically, we hear... What are we talking? Hood? Not Hood. Rook Rookwood. Yes. Rookwood. So Who he, broke out of Azkaban, right? Yes. So Rookwood is telling him, no, this plan you got is not going to work. Yeah, which... Then this is kind of when we hear about the Bode, Bode, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm guy he was supposed to be the linchpin in this plan it seems to take what he wants the prophecy Mm -hmm. but he was imperious by this words i forgot all this by malfoy yes by lucius and that's when we realize or hermione later realizes i think you said too that sturgis was that's how he got caught and because he was also imperious by lucius and lucius did it the day harry had his trial yes. how convenient because remember lucius was loitering around outside there yeah and how because he and he was there like remarkably quick another time or something probably yeah yes so he's just imperious in a lot of people yeah because the department of mysteries is down there where that trial was right but somehow Rookwood says that Bode would have known he couldn't have taken it. He must not be special level or whatever. Yeah. Because the, only the person it belongs to, I think, can take Can take the prophecy, yes. So I think Avery, right, originally helped him cook up this plan. Avery was wrong that Bode wouldn't be able, to, or any, like, imperious ministry worker, I think is the implication, wouldn't be able to take it. Oh, right. But then what's then he's like, but I have a new plan. What's the new plan? Well, I think the new plan is to lure Harry Potter to the Department of Mysteries to take oh. it himself. Which, OK, I feel that sounded really correct when I said that out loud, but I can't summon what the lure actually is in my head. Well, he has the dream about serious. OK, I don't. Yeah, I must be serious, but I don't actually I don't remember the specific scene right now. Be as serious. It's a dream, but it's a fake dream. Yeah. So Rookwood is is 
helping him form the new plan. Yes, how exciting. So then, shortly after, of course, we have to have our occupancy lesson with Snape, because apparently we suck at it. Well, yeah, it's not going well. And Snape basically catches, like, he's he sees the room and recognizes the room. Right. But he wasn't having, he, like, had a vision when he was being inoculancy or yeah like he sees the door open because his mind is weak i guess is the implication you know it's been so normally it happens at night when he's sleeping because his mind is relaxed Mm -hmm. and here snape's just hammering him and so his mind's all relaxed and then voldemort solidifies his plan or something i guess i don't know i I think the door opening is just foreshadowing i don't think we can read (laughs) plot into it but so, but then Harry, so I guess, does a shield charm and it bounces back essentially, and he briefly sees into Snape's thoughts. Yeah, not much yet, but a few greasy-haired boy yes. images <laughs> with fighting parents and yeah. all this sort of deal. Yeah. Which I think we're gonna get the mm-hmm. real story next time. Yes. And, I mean, Snape puts his finger on it a little bit, too, and says, you haven't been practicing. Do you think these visions make you special, Harry Potter? Kind of, yes. <laughs> yes, he does think they make them special. He's, he's not incorrect. but And, you know, then Harry comes back with, well, no, seeing what the Dark Lord's doing is your job or something like that. It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and I'm real good at it. So back I'm up. I'm a lot better at lying than you are, Harry Potter. <laughs> Well, and it will end up being the demise, so you should have practiced a little harder. That's true, I guess. I guess I never thought about that. I mean, it has, like, right, it has to happen to move the plot along. But his failure at occupancy is what gets Sirius killed. Yeah. Good job, Harry. Good job, Harry. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's just remind him of that one. Well... Well, because usually you think these kind of things don't really have real consequences, right? Yeah. Or that it will secretly turn out to be an advantage. Which it kind of... Well, because... But now this is... I think, though... So, like, he sees... If I remember it, he kind of sees the vision of Sirius. It's a false vision. But when he gets there, like, everyone's already there and trying to break in. So, right, they needed to intervene kind of thing. So I he, guess. He would probably say it still was an advantage. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. But then our final scene of the chapter is poor Sybil getting thrown out. Yeah. It was so sad. Though I thought that was when friend George left, but I, that's coming up. <laughs> but yeah. And Umbridge is taking sickly great pleasure in it. Yes. But then, of course, Dumbledore actually appears in the flesh one of the few times this book Mm -hmm. and says that she won't be leaving the castle. And that's still his authority. Yeah, which you're like, "Uh, not for long. Though I and I think not only because he's like trying to be nice, but it's very intentional because she was like, no, no, it's okay," And he's like, no, you are staying here because you are the seer of this prophecy and exactly. I have to protect you. I've noticed that too because it says in particular that he answers very sharply. Yeah. That, uh, no, yes. I'm not just a nice dude. You need to be here. Yeah. Um, And then of course 
This is a great Dumbledore moment. Like, I've out-clevered you. I've out-clevered you, yes. He's already found a new teacher, so uh, Umbridge does not need to find a new... Which is within her authority. Yes. And, of course, it's a half-human. Florence. I know, yeah, her great pleasure there. Yes, I'd like to see the look on her face. I did like that there was the question of accommodations. Well, if Sybil stays, where will the new teacher live? It's a huge castle! Uh, but he'll be needing accommodations on the ground floor. Right. Seeing as he can't climb stairs. <laughs> Ladders would be particularly difficult. Yeah, you would think. Well, but he has hands too, right? Yes. Four hooves and hands? Yes. That's a lot of appendages. Yes. That seems like exhausting. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then our next chapter is the centaur and the sneak. Okay. And the girls are so horny for him. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like a unicorn kind of thing. Are you horny for a unicorn? Okay, don't say that word. That's a gross <laughs> word. Well, they're being gross. They're just like, ooh, it's a special, pretty, almost mythical type creature. Is it? It's like the weird combination of like your still girlish obsession with horses plus a hot dude just yes. makes you feel all confused inside. <laughs> I don't. I I think you're misinterpreting no i was not misinterpreting that i think it's more like those pretty horses that you had on your folders kind of deal no i think it was a weird thing fine (laughs) yeah okay but forens has our beautiful forest classroom and we learn that he was banished by his herd yes which is a great don't okay but don't pirate the herd then come and help in the end we carry off Umbridge. That was helping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Ferenz is noble in that way. Yes. So, okay, he was banished because he decided to help Dumbledore, right? Yes. But does that mean in particular he decided to become a teacher or is it something... I think it's more that he's, like, doing something for humans. Something, like, outside of being the teacher. No, just that alone is enough. Okay. I wasn't clear. And for um, friends, teaching style is a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and doesn't give. It's like, yeah, you humans do weird things to care about the mundane. We look at the stars over decades and see the great patterns and how you interpret them. Yeah, and he says the centaurs have read that they're living in between two great wars. Yes. But I guess the the official centaur position is that we do all these mystical things, but don't do anything about it. That's not their place to interfere. Like it. So why read? (laughs) To understand, to be one. Okay. Yeah, I mean that. I think we get that debate at some point later. Yeah, maybe we do. Yeah. So what? And he's not concerned that none of them can do anything. This seems like a really easy class to pass. He doesn't really expect them to be able to do anything. It takes years of practice, and they're not centaurs. So if I'm terrible, I'm just exceeding expectations, really. (laughs) Well, yeah, and he's kind of very indeterminate about everything in a very centaur-like way. Yes. Even if you see the signs, you must interpret them correctly. Right, and you could go horribly wrong. Yeah. And then at the end of class, he pulls Harry aside. To give Haggard a message. Yeah. Stop what you're doing. It's not working. <laughs> yeah. Which is very cryptic when you don't know what's going on. Yeah. 
Because there's, there's no clue that what Hagrid's hiding is a giant brother. Very subtle clue. <laughs> I don't think you'd guess that the first no. time around. And he does deliver that warning, which Hagrid waves off, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then that brings us to our final climax to these chapters, which is a pretty dramatic climax. It's terrible. Yes. We're having a lovely DA meeting. Mm-hmm. And then Dobby appears. Mm-hmm. Dobby's the best. Well, yes. Seriously, he gets us out of so much trouble. <laughs> he gets us in a little bit of it, too. But mostly out. Okay. And he says, she's coming. Yeah. She knows. She knows. So they're all fleeing. <laughs> and Draco trips Harry to catch him. him. Right? So this is, I think, is... He's he's on the little Umbridge squad. Yeah, that's new. I think that becomes a bigger deal yeah. in the sixth book. Yeah. Maybe. Him and his little Slytherin gang or mm-hmm. special mm-hmm. torturing students, helpers. Yeah, it's terrible. So she drags him to Dumbledore's office where there's already quite a party going on. Yeah, why were they there to begin with? Okay, so there's Fudge, Percy, Kingsley. And some other aura. Yeah. I don't know. Is it... Because... I don't know. Does she summon them? That seems really... Because she thinks she's gonna... Catch... Spell Harry Potter. I guess that's a semi-reasonable explanation, I suppose. Because she's crazy? Yeah. Or... (laughs) I don't think there is a good explanation... I mean, you'd think they'd want to be talking about all the Death Eaters and how the Dementors disappeared, too. They don't care. Fudge doesn't want to talk about, to Dumbledore about right. that. Right, but then they, like, he wouldn't take that company, so. Why would you bring two oars, though, for Harry Potter? I, I have a feeling that Filch, or not Filch, Fudge is the kind of guy who walks around with security. Well, yeah, because he's the kind of guy that wouldn't go into see Sirius Black the first time yes. without a Dementor, and the Dementor... Wanted to kiss him. Yep, that's true. Um, so but they're there, and Umbridge has the sneak. Marietta, Marietta, that okay. girl whose robe caught on fire. Who never wanted to be there in the first place? And Cho dragged her along. Whose mother works for the ministry? Oh yes. So did her mother lean on her? Like how? Well, I don't know. If- it's said that she, like, explicitly leaned on her, but it certainly probably doesn't help. Yeah, she was feeling guilty. Yeah, and you pointed out that her mother was watching the Hogwarts flu network. Yeah. So that wasn't Umbridge's hand, I guess. Well, I think it's explicit that it was. But somehow there was a tip-off. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so at least we have some sort of explanation for that. Mm-hmm. Umbridge isn't just sitting in front of her fire all the time. <laughs> Feeling around. Yeah. And, of course, she has sneak written across her face. And Okay, so she comes in, and all she has said so far is that there was this meeting tonight, basically. Mm-hmm. And then she gets the sneak. And then at first she's just really embarrassed and afraid, right? I... 
to me, it was a little ambiguous as to whether the jinx was preventing her from talking more or. Oh. But I, but if I had to guess, I would think that she's just like, she's just afraid that if she says something more, something worse will happen. Right. So then they kind of, I mean, they get caught on the semantics here. <laughs> like, okay, so we, they know, and it told us who that guy in the hogshead was. Willie Winkershins yeah, or something. Whatever. So they know that that meeting exists and they talked about forming this group. And they know that there was a meeting tonight. But that's all they know. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to ask, like, who was there? What were you doing? Have you been meeting? And then she won't tell. And then... But then I thought... I thought the implication was that Moody was there in his cloak. And that he would, like, imperious her not to say that they had been meeting. That was the impression I got first. Beca- oh, that's the impression you got first. Okay. Because, like, Harry looks over and, like, Kingsley's kind of whispering and he's like, I thought I saw a, sort of a flash and a rustle kind of thing go by him. And then she looked all weird and blank. The impression I got first was that Dumbledore imperious her. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. But then it tells us that Kingsley obliviated her. Yes. Kingsley modified her memory so that she's, so she's saying that there weren't any other meetings. Right. Because the first meeting wasn't illegal because it was before the decree. Right. Right. And so Dumbledore, but Dumbledore also tells Harry to lie about this. I don't quite not sure how he tells him. Well, Harry's about to go like, yeah, I did it. Like, screw you, lady. And Dumbledore gives him a a head shake. Yeah, zip it. So what, what, I guess he's, what is he trying to do? Not get Harry Potter expelled. Yes. And then the only option left to him. Well, it was kind of all settled, I think. Like, she didn't really have evidence. But then Pansy discovered the list that said Dumbledore's army on it in yes. the Room of Requirement. And that's when Dumbledore had to kind of go all out and claim it. It's like, yep, I did it. <laughs> this was our first meeting. I was forming an army of children. You caught me. <laughs> Fudge is like, I knew it. This is what I knew you were doing. <laughs> Percy, are you writing all this down? Yeah. Yeah. So Dumbledore goes off his rocker. Which was, like, suddenly more exciting. Okay, we don't have Harry Potter, but Dumbledore. (laughs) Yes. It was. Oh, man. I forgot about this a little bit. I mean, you remember as you read it. But I wasn't. No, I always remember this part. Oh, do you? Yes. But, like, I wasn't anticipating it as I was reading it. Oh, yes. Because it's so crazy when it happens the first time. (laughs) You're like, what? Crazy. So. So then he does some crazy wizard magic. He shows them all up. Because he's like, Fudge's like, you're going to Azkaban. He's like, huh, yeah, no. I got better things to do with my time. <laughs> so this is a joke if you think you're going to take me in. Yeah, and the one Aura even realizes it. He's like, um, I'm not going to duel Dumbledore. <laughs> he's like, what do you want me to do here? So Dumbledore shows them all up. Yeah, so it stuns them all, disappears with Fox. Fox is a great pet. Yes. He's many talents and abilities. I want one of those. He can heal you. He can deliver you magic swords. He can carry great weights. He can. He goes and looks for umbrage. He 
kills basilisks. He kills basilisks. Very talented. <laughs> uh, so Dumbledore escapes out the window and Harry, or not out the window, I guess, into the ether. And Harry is not stunned. So he tells Harry, you really need to study your stinking occlumency, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, did not listen. Yeah. But he does the Dumbledore thing of, listen to me, you'll understand later. But it's, it seems very specific, not just a general, like, one day you'll know. Like, this is all going to come to a head very soon. That's the impression it came across. Maybe he suspects, I mean, that's what the fear was since they found out that Voldemort will now use this, which he does. Yeah, I mean, is, is it you'll understand that, you know, because in the next book we get the sort the story is really the revelation to Harry about the things that are going on. So is he just like talking about, yeah, I'm going to be telling you about how you share Voldemort's soul soon. You'll understand why this is important. Is It felt, no, I think it felt more like a direct warning, like Voldemort, re- or Voldemort, Dumbledore, <laughs> maybe he doesn't know specifically, but really suspects that this, especially if Harry doesn't get his act together, you know, he knows what Voldemort is after and will try. Because Dumbledore probably knows, too, that you can only take the privacy if you have Harry. Yeah. So I think he kind of really think knows what's going on. Well, then maybe he should say, Harry, if anyone wants you to take a prophecy, like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but then Harry, that's like, ooh, like, there's a fire, don't look. And then everyone looks. <laughs> you have to do it then. I suppose. He'd be like, what, prophecy about me? I gotta know. Yeah. So that was a dramatic conclusion. He mm-hmm. could have almost ended the book there. That would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But we still have to talk about the movie. Yes. So, okay. We, I don't think we need to go by, through the plot points. You saw the movie. You know the plot points. Yes. So wh- what did you think? I don't know. I was... I was fairly neutral, I think, which in many ways maybe is the great accomplishment. <laughs> See, I mean, as we don't seem to like any movies or new material. <laughs> you, yeah. were, you were not offended. I don't, there was nothing to be offended by, really, um, which I kind of expected, so I was glad that was true. They really didn't try too much to pull in things we knew. Dumbledore got mentioned once. I mean, the big thing would be Grindelwald, but I was like, I don't really remember his deal, so whatever. (laughs) Well, I thought he was going to be a bigger part of the story, Grindelwald. Well, he was, he just didn't know it. I guess, but it wasn't really about him. But I'm sure if we had five movies, it's going to be. Yeah. So, again, nothing like really offended me because I had nothing to live up to. It was... Kind of interesting. I wish we would have got a little bit more about, you know, kind of magic in America. You got some. We got to see the, the Congress thing, a new magical place, and how they kind of do things. He made some comment about, um, you guys are backwards here in these certain ways. Yeah, they're not allowed to marry muggles. and Yeah, and what else? Something else. They had pretty strict laws about that um 
Ivo, Ivo Mori was mentioned once. We didn't, I kind of wanted to go there. Um, I, you know, I kind of liked him. Yeah, I mean, he's a charming actor, the main character. Yeah, and you could see, like, his, you could see his issue and cause being an issue. Like, these magical beasts that are kind of dangerous or unknown yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he's like conservation, right? Yeah. In a, in a time before conservation really became a thing. Right, and like, we should have knowledge and they're valuable and protect. And so that seemed like a real issue. Um, that seems like a really cool trunk. Yeah, I was like, how much did that trunk cost? Because those charms, man. Yeah. Like when there was multiple universes down there. (laughs) Well, that's a bit much. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, it was relatively enjoyable to watch. Yeah. It doesn't feel super Harry Potter-y. Which which maybe is is okay. okay. Yeah. This is pre-Harry Potter. Well, Yes. And you're right, because you, when you things you complained about in The Cursed Child was it felt like we were just, like, we had to reference, like, everything. Yeah. And, like, we were, I mean, we were redoing whole yes. scenes. Whereas this doesn't do that at all, obviously. Right. right. Although I do, ha- I think there's another example of J.K. Rowling can't do math in here. Why is that? Because, okay, that Dumbledore is mentioned as someone who fought against Newt's expulsion as one of his teachers. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is 1920s. So when was Newt in school and Dumbledore was a teacher? Dumbledore is really old. About 170, it seems. <laughs> I think it is kind of said that, you know, he got some extra Philosopher's Stone or something. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like the, yeah, there's maybe one mention of Hogwarts or two mentions of Hogwarts. Yeah. I don't know. It was... It, <laughs> yes i don't know it was fine yeah i was entertained it was actually not as dark maybe the thought it was gonna get in the beginning of the movie mm. i maybe i think i expected it to go a different way than it did mm. when really like the grindelwald stuff is was just a side thing really very subdued yes and it was really about the animals and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I mean, it was kind of interesting with the whole, you know, second Salem. I thought that was sort of an interesting point. You know, this, like, renewed witch hunt, and they sort of have basis for it. And so then the U.S. wizards are trying to be super secret. Yeah, they're trying to portray this is why the U.S. is different in yeah. part, right? It's because they're in a different environment. Mm-hmm. Got all those pilgrims sent <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And okay, so we, and we had the, the introduction of the Obscurus. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Which is a some sort of like parasite that forms when a wizard or witch suppresses their magical abilities. Yeah, they like bottle it all up. So they're in a rage. <laughs> push that down but then it has all this power and kind of takes on the form of its own yeah and but we're told that the law the oldest living documented case was a was 10 years yeah like eats you from the inside (laughs) yeah but this guy who was the obscurus is much older creepy (laughs) yes well that haircut was not helping him they gave him a creepy guy haircut (laughs) yeah 
But okay, it's certainly implied that even though he like explodes into black ribbons, that there's one part that like flies away, right? Is it? Yeah, I think so. I think it's implied that he's going to show up again. Oh. I was sad. I thought they were going to bring him in. I... Because Newt did separate one girl. Well, she died. Well. Or was dying, and he, then he separated it. Yeah. But I think he's going to show up again. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, maybe we'll have to pay some more, theorize more when we get to, like, the Grindelwald stuff in book six. Because it is a little bit hazy. We don't know that much about the first, about Grindelwald. No. We just know that. Well, and he was trying to catch it to basically reveal them all and start a war so that. Oh, was that it? I believe so. I think. That actually makes sense. Yeah, he was trying to catch it and use it as a weapon. Because there was some comment, like when he was interviewing Newt and. He was basically accusing Newt of wanting to do that, I think. Like, yeah, you expose everything to start a war. So then all the muggles are killed and the, the witches that don't want to be in secret are killed or I something, I guess that too. makes complete sense. I just thought he wanted it because it was powerful. But you're probably right. To, to that end. Yeah. Okay, the, like, wizard uh electric chair was creepy and confusing oh yeah they like take your memories and then suck you into them yeah i was very confused as to how that thing worked it was weird it did not seem efficient because that thing like waited a really long time to try and kill her and then she escaped (laughs) yeah i don't know i think the main i think the main actors were mostly charming there's the sis Probably, actually, I think the least charming one was the main female. I don't know her name. The in the or the T- Aura T- one. Tina or something. I don't know. Her sister is more. Oh, I didn't like when her sister. I didn't really like the sister. That you didn't much. like the sister, especially when she was introduced. Well, okay, but she, but that's. I can see that, like in her first scene. But she gets better, I think. She has a she has a particular talent, and she's a nice girl, who is perfectly aware of how attractive she is. <laughs> and if you're that attractive, you know, you're not going to holster the gun in all situations. <laughs> well, but then they they obliviated him. They I know. Fought. I thought they would let him go. I did too. And then the the president was like nope he's gotta go too and then they didn't even they listened to him yeah i thought they would rebel that was the one thing that was a bit of a stretch when he left at the end when when they're like we can't obliviate a whole city yeah he's like, yes we can we'll make it rain yeah that was a bit like, rough uh, but what? okay um and then she comes back for him in the bakery so i assume we're gonna see them again oh. don't you think I guess. I yeah, what do we think is going to happen? Like, are we going to have all of these characters back? I don't... Or is Newt just going to go somewhere else and we'll leave those girls behind? Well, is it, isn't it? Is it still going to be in America? I guess, but Grindelwald eventually comes to Europe. Well, he was there first. I thought he was there first in... Because all the headlines at the beginning were about him in Europe, and then there was the comment about 
some people say it's related to him, all the disturbances. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I really... It seems like, okay, if we've titled the first movie Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, it seems that Newt is, like, the main character through all five movies. Yeah, I think so. Which seems crazy, a little bit. You Not... can't find that many beasts? <laughs> well... I guess if I'm assuming that we're, like, going to be arcing towards, like, a big Grindelwald thing, she's writing Newt Scamander into that is, like, apparently the hero. But maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll always be, like, a side thing. I I don't know. I mean, it. I don't think that's very obvious at this point. No. Maybe, maybe it's online already and we just haven't read about it because I haven't read anything. But... I didn't notice in our chapters it mentioned, that's like how Harry went to talk to Hagrid. He's like, I left my Fantastic Beats book. Yeah, that's true. I think Luna Lovegood ends up marrying a, like a grandson of Newt Scamander. That makes sense. Yeah. So is it, is it with this lady? Oh, maybe it is <laughs> with that lady. I did. I mean, it was kind of there, especially at the end. But I was kind of glad that that wasn't this obvious. Like, oh my gosh, we have to fall in love and hate each other, and then fall in love again, fight evil together. Yeah, there wasn't a tragic misunderstanding moment. Yeah, I hate tragic misunderstanding. Well, I mean, I guess they're kind of at the beginning. Maybe, yeah. The what? She was. Kicked out of the investigation because she was trying to save the kid. No, she lost her marbles at the second Salem people. <laughs> she caused a big disturbance, basically. Oh. Remember she said she was especially not allowed around them. Well, that didn't work well. No. But so yeah, overall I like I think as we predicted, it works much better as a movie than the book movies. Right. You didn't feel confused. Or like the scenes were just like racing by. Right. I mean, they could make up an arc for a movie. Yeah. I w- I'm sure that this is out there, but I don't know. I wonder how- I know JK wrote it, but what does that mean? Like her and seven other people wrote it or she predominantly wrote it or? I mean, it was just her name up there. Oh, was it? I mean, I'm sure there's people that scrolled by little but i th- wasn't it for the play or something it was like her name and someone else's yes name? there were there were two names in the play hmm. well I- i'll see the next one without complaint okay <laughs> so yeah it was it was nice yeah i mean i'm it is kind of surprising to me that we're doing harry potter again really well, yeah, it is. I mean, we have the play, and we she released, I mean, those little short stories or whatever. And we have the movies. Yeah, it is surprising. She, I mean, she's kept it going in small scale, like, written, released stuff on Pottermore. Yeah, I guess she's that, it always, feels a little different. She's still been active in kind of fandom. You know, she, there's, she was always like, I'm not, we're not writing another Harry Potter book. Yeah. I, don't, I do find it surprising because in it is a, a terrifying th- okay obviously she doesn't need the money or the fame and it is but it is a terrifying thing to do right to meddle with this thing 
that is beloved. Yeah, but I, and maybe this is like a, a lofty comparison that people will scoff at. But I think in the same way, <clears throat> the obvious example in my mind is Tolkien, how he created this universe and he wrote elvish languages and created all these histories and anthologies, etc., etc. I think she likes that too. She, just in the regular seven books, a lot of that went into it and we learned it. But I, because I think she's really put the time in to conceive and conceptualize Mm -hmm. this world and the histories and all of that, that she kind of can't resist adding to that universe as well. Yeah. I I do have to admire her for putting in all this work to do these things. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's written those mystery novels, too. Yeah, she's prolific. Yeah. She's not resting on her laurels. She does things, obviously, because she wants to do Mm -hmm. them, right? She likes it. Yeah. Which, good for her, right? I think I saw a meme or something that, or maybe it was an interview quote that she gave. You know, what's the line in the first book about, you know, Harry Potter, like, everyone in our world will know your name or something? Mm -hmm. She's like, I never thought that would really be true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if, is there a good documentary out there about her? Or Harry Potter or... Maybe some BBC or something for that. I bet there's probably some BBC something or other. Okay. But the following episode, we are going... Where are we at? Okay. It's chapters 28, 29, and 30, which are Snape's worst memory, Uh career advice, what, and grop. Finally. That took a long time. Yes. So I think since we're doing Snape's worst memory, we'll read what we can about Snape on Pottermore. Because we haven't done that yet. Okay. Okay. What is career advice? Well, because they have to pick classes. They have to pass their owls and pick new classes and and things. And he still has to take potions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so tune in next time for that. Again, that's chapters 28, 29, and 30. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Weird Sisters Pod. And if you would leave a rating or review on iTunes, that would be great. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>